Welcome to day 351 of Shaped by the Word. We are coming to the end of our third season together, the story of prophets. I'm Paul here with David, Matt, and Katie as we continue reading through the book of Zechariah. And of course, a lot of the allusions we hear in Zechariah will be picked up by the New Testament writers as they describe Christ coming to the city, being pierced on the cross, and restoring his people. So a very rich section of Scripture. Zechariah, like many of the prophets, will move seamlessly from scenes of judgment to scenes of restoration and renewal. And of course, that's the fabric of the prophets. Some of these will be near-time judgment, and some of these are projected to the very end. So not only do you see a lot of references from the gospel writers to the book of Zechariah, Revelation is rich in how it picks up you know, many of these images as well. So we pick up where we left off last week in Zechariah chapter 9. And as always, uh, before we read, uh, we offer ourselves, we offer the moment to the Lord, knowing that uh, we've come into His presence to hear His Word and for His Word to do its work in our life uh, to build us up in Christ Jesus. So, Katie, do you mind lifting us up before we read? Sure, let's pray. Father, thank You for this time that You've given us um, together with You. Thank you for your word and, and this passage that we get to um, to read together to get today and meditate on. Um, and God, just thank you that what you promise, uh, you, you will fulfill. And we see that even in this passage um, that we get to read today. And um, I'm just struck by how not only do you fulfill your promises, but you um you just go above and beyond what we what we even imagine. Um, so we thank you for that. We praise you for that. You are a God who um, is just so much more than we than our our minds can wrap around. So thank you. Um, would you change our hearts today? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Zechariah nine, a prophecy. The word of the Lord is against the land of Hadrick and will come to rest on Damascus. For the eyes of all the people and all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord, and on Hamath too, which borders on it, and on Tyre and Sidon, though they are very skillful. Tyre has built herself a stronghold. She has heaped up silver like dust and gold like the dirt of the streets. But the Lord will take away her possessions and destroy her power on the sea, and she will be consumed by fire. Ashkelon will see it in fear. Gaza will writhe in agony, and Ekron too, for her hope will wither. Gaza will lose her king, and Ashkelon will be deserted. A mongrel people will occupy Ashdod, and I'll put an end to the pride of the Philistines. I'll take the blood from their mouths, forbidden food from between their teeth. Those who are left will belong to our God and become a clan in Judah, and Ekron will be like the Jebusites. But I'll encamp at my temple to guard it against the marauding forces. Never again will oppressor overrun my people, for now I am keeping watch." Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I'll take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I'll restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah as I bend to Baal and fill it with Ephraim. I'll rouse your son Zion against your son's crease and make you like a warrior's sword. Then the Lord will appear over them. His arrow will flash like lightning. 
Sovereign Lord will sound the trumpet. He will march in the storms of the south, and Lord Almighty will shield them. Then they will destroy and overcome with sling stones. They will drink in wars with wine. They will be full like a bowl used for sprinkling the corners of the altar. The Lord their God will save his people on that day as a shepherd saves his flock. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. How attractive and beautiful they will be. Grain will make the young men thrive and new wine the young women. Mm. Fantastic that the guys get grain and the gals get wine. I'm not sure which I'd rather category I'd rather be. Hopefully in. we could share. Maybe. Of course, yeah. No, it's the abundance of the Lord in both grain and new wine you know, that we see. So you do see, you know, you do see as you've seen in Isaiah and Jeremiah, you know, God begins by pronouncing judgment on Israel's neighbors, all who've exploited Israel and taken advantage of Israel and rejoiced in the suffering of Israel. And God usually judges nations with other nations. In other words, he brings back on them uh, the attitude and the arrogance, you know, that they displayed, you know, toward their neighbors. And so you see the judgment and you also see the restoration. It's a beautiful reference of, of a victorious king who is lowly and riding on the foal of a donkey. Just the image of, of how God describes um, what he will do is just like he will take the things that they prize the most and, and in an instant he can get rid of them. I mean, I just love... Uh, did y'all catch like verse seven? The uh, I'll take the blood from their mouths, the forbidden food from between their teeth, like the food that is stuck in their teeth. <laughs> I will take it out. I will remove all of those comforts from them, those things that they're proud of. So I just, um, it just blows me away that all these things like um, earlier in the passage that, um, you know, the gold gathers like dust. I mean, it's, it's meaningless to the Lord. And he can be rid of it in an instant. And these are things that we spend years and years building um, our empires and our kingdoms. And he he can just get rid of it in in a second. It's just mind blowing. Well, of course, he's, he's speaking of the wealth of Tyre as is, is, is they see it. You have gathered, you know, gold mm-hmm. like dust. And of course, this is this is the way Israel has seen it as well. They have you know looked at Tyre and they've seen. You know, the stronghold by the sea and the land that's secure and the pride and the wealth of the city. And, uh, you know, God is saying, even though you've done that, you know, I'll wipe all of these, you know, I'll wipe all of these things away. And, of course, the the meat in their mouth is, you know, meat offered to idols. And mm-hmm. so it's a sense of idolatry and, uh, you know, the blood in their mouths, which would have been an abhorrent, you know, kind of image in Israel. Mm-hmm. And he said, I will take away their idolatry, their worship of their foreign gods. I'll take away their wealth, their pride. All the things, you know, that they've relied on. And it's uh, so interesting to see it move to this very gentle king who will Mm -hmm. be at the heart of all of it. And, and of course, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all take this image of Jesus riding into Jerusalem as one of the big prophetic themes that we've seen. It's the return of, you know, the Lord to Zion or the return of the Lord's glory to Zion, but in the most unexpected way. You think also for the people hearing, you know, because in Jesus' day it was unexpected because they had these visions of this great warrior king kind of coming in, conquering Rome, not this humble entrance. You think this was just as shocking for them to kind of hear about this king that the Lord's going to send and he's just riding in on this humble donkey? Well, you know, and obviously we see where they get these images because Mm -hmm. you do have these images of conquering king and of God conquering the people. 
and, uh, you know, of the enemies, you know, being dashed, you know, to the ground. So you do see those images, uh, but, you know, the odd image in the middle of it, you know, is, is, is the way that this king would come in. Of course, it'd be a huge contrast between the way that Pilate and Herod had ridden into the city of Jerusalem, you know, for the time of festival and the way that Jesus, you know, came in. But obviously Israel is picking up on the clues because they've, they've fulfilled the rest of this. Yeah. They are shouting mm-hmm. for joy and for the restoration of the, the coming of the king. Yeah. But their expectations were certainly not a cross yeah. and, and certainly not a resurrection and certainly not a pouring out of the spirit and an announcement of the gospel to all nations. Mm-hmm. So uh, the kingdom has taken a much different yeah. shape, yeah. you know, at least in its current form, you know, than they would have expected. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. There is a day where Jesus will come and he will be that conquering king. You know, we see those images picked up in Revelation. But here in the the restoration, you know, as he comes in riding, you know, on a humble Colt. Um, I, I love the, that it's in the context of restoration and those images that begin to appear and and even trying to you know, think about the disciples trying to make sense of some of this. They asked Jesus that question, like, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, we, we've seen mm-hmm. these glimpses, but like we're still kind of waiting on restoration and you know, we live in the already not yet. But those images of, um, you know, I love even, I will free your pis- prisoners from the waters, waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. I mean, what a great phrase, prisoners of hope. You know, but, but then keep moving. You know, the Lord will, will appear with his people. He'll save his people. On that day, the sh- as a shepherd saves his flock, they will sparkle in the land like jewels on a crown. You know, how attractive and beautiful they will be. But just this restoration that this king brings, you know, the Lord will appear with his people. Um obviously stirs our our hope and call us prisoners of hope if you will you know we wait for this future and final restoration but at the same time we experience the beginning first fruits of it and of course you have you know echoes of exodus there you know the prisoners being released and brought into you know the glory of the lord uh and the fullness of the lord you know expressed in the language in the language there so, yeah, there, there's a lot of different language. And, of course, in the same way, you know, the, we have these images and we're not quite sure what they will look like, you know, in the future. But mm-hmm. we know that ultimately God is sovereign, that he'll conquer all of his enemies and he'll restore the fortunes of his people. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, that is the hope we have. I also like the second half of, of verse 10. You know, this king, he comes in, obviously he takes away the chariots, the war horses, the battle bows will be broken and he will proclaim peace to the nations and his rule will extend from sea to sea, from river to river, and to the ends of the earth, which I feel like has so many echoes of, obviously, the commission given at the end of Matthew, you know, that he's been given all authority in heaven and on earth, calls him to go make disciples of all nations, but then even, you know, in Acts, as he, as Jesus commissions, you know, his disciples out, mm-hmm. he commissions them to the end of the earth. And so, this mm-hmm. takes place, you know, through, through this king's people. In, in the coming day, which is kind of cool to see. And of course, it's hard to imagine you know, a time when uh, you will not need chariots or war horses. Mm-hmm. And so this is talking about an ideal time when God has you know, restored, you know, has restored peace. And of course, you see ultimately the fulfillment of promise to Abraham that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through this people, through this king who comes riding back into Jerusalem to restore the, the glory of the city. And uh, the city's you know return you know to Yahweh her Lord, and so it is a you know it is an incredible promise you know that we have as we look forward. Mm-hmm. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, no, let's pray. And Father, we do thank you for the great promise of the King to come, um, 
who comes in righteousness and victoriously, but enters in in the most humblest of ways. And so we thank you for Christ Jesus and what he has done for us and, and how he has fulfilled all the promises of old and has invited us in to be his people, to live under his rule and his good reign. Father, forgive us when we chase after idols like the nations, when we value gold and silver like the nations. Help us um, to value Christ um, above all. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. Mm-hmm.